There has been a policy change. Oh. So, now, you, you'd be aware traditionally on this podcast, I've had a very don't-bang-on-the-tanks-at-the-aquarium stance. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a personality trait I've become known for. Well, folks, it, it's now okay to bang on the tanks. Um, if you're at any facility owned by the Merlin Entertainment Group under the guise of the Sea Life Center brand, you can bang on the tanks because <laughs> the fish in there deserve it for surrendering. <laughs> did, did, have, you been, have you been to a Sea Life facility and were offended by the... <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely right, By the lack of fights. <laughs> they are really... Um, it's, they're a gruesome establishment. So, yeah. Um, you know, like we have the recommendations at the, the end of the podcast. Imagine this as like the the sort of bad moon the, reflection of that where I condemn something. The anti-recommendation. There we are. Okay, it's off my chest now. We can begin. Which one did you go to? Oh, uh, Birmingham. Uh, I, went to, um, I went to the London one last year. Um I had basically I had basically a week off work, and I oh yeah, I decided to do every, what what one like because I live in London, but I, I don't I sometimes feel like I don't always take full advantage of it. So I thought I'd do a one day do like a touristy thing, yeah, in London each day. And one day I went to the the the, the, the like the big aquarium, um, and God, I <laughs> I felt like it was all just like kids on half term i felt like a perfect it's awful isn't it yeah they and they're all tunnels full of shrieking children yeah there's um do you know that's the that's the aquarium i used to work at back in the day really yeah that's that that's where my whole um sort of don't bang on the tanks radicalization began (laughs) were you were you the were you the guy who would dress up in a um pirate outfit and Stand on a basically stand on a box, shouting a lot of like pro shark propaganda. Uh, well, back in the day, the role involved some dignity. But yes, yeah, <laughs> I used to give the shark talks, um, but that so Merlin Entertainment Group that you now have to do so while dressed as a fucking pirate. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to uh, Electronic Wireless Show Podcast, Season 2, Episode 23. It's a podcast all about PC games and their surrounding nonsense. Uh, I'm James, and I'm joined by Nate. How are you today, Nate? Hello. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm well, suffering some mild barotrauma, I think. the um, I've had sinus infection recently. Be excited to know. I believe you're suffering similar. Yes, um, indeed. And yeah, just because the weather's giving it the big ones at the moment, like I feel like my head's being compressed like an accordion uh, wielded by a pirate uh, <laughs> in an aquarium. So yeah, a bit, bit uncomfortable, but psychically well. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm basically the same. Um, men- mentally, mentally, you're there. Um, have had what feels like a cold for like two and a half weeks now, which ain't fun. Um, also, slight hearing loss. So oh, yeah. we'll 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 try and do this entirely audio based. Well, it's great. Uh, I, I, I lost my voice the other day. If we'd have coincided, we would have been like that one movie um, with the the cop who has no sight and the other cop who has no hearing, and they work together um, to I, to fight crime. Is that is that a real film? I'm sixty percent sure I didn't dream it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you if you know what that film is, uh, write, write in at podcast um, at rockpapershotgun.com. Yes, please reassure me I've not invented it. That would be lovely. Yeah. Uh, oh, I need to do a, a clever segue. Oh crikey! Well, we've 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 gotten the bull out of the cage now, and we've got to get it back in live on air. Um, what's uh, what's well? Uh, the thing about fighting a bull, I suppose, is you've got to get it right. The first time, as they said on Game of Thrones, if you charge at the bull, you'd best not miss or, <laughs> <laughs> or give it any DLC. Am I right? Uh, I, it's you the know best what, I can give you, man. You know what? I'll, 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 I'll take it. I'll take it. So um, we we fa- we have found out this. We have been told this week. Um, that Assassin's Creed Mirage, the upcoming, um, I guess, back to back to ordinary stabbing uh, Assassin's Creed game, will release. Um, well, will have they have no plan for DLC or extensive post-launch support, basically. Um, and I don't really find Assassin's Creed interesting, but it did give me a thought, which was. Obviously, it's absolutely normal now for games to want to maximize the time you spend with them, even if they're not what you call live service games. Obviously, yeah. with you know fire DLC and season passes and all that stuff. Um, but what what are some good like one and done games? The games where you play them, you play them through once. You think, "Yep, that was good," and they're just content to leave it there, either because you were so satisfied with it as a complete experience. Uh, that there was no need for, you know, there's no need to go back to it again, or perhaps there were story elements or twists or surprises that just wouldn't have had nearly the same impact if you were replaying it. Okay, uh, yeah. So, for example, um, one of my favorite one and done games is XO1, which is kind of like a sci fi planet exploration, but with the skiing mechanic from Tribes. Oh, is that the one where you're uh, sort of a fun ball? Yeah, you're 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 a little ball that can shapeshift into a disc yes. to fly around. Um, unlike unlike Graham, who did a pretty un- underwhelmed review of it on RPS, uh, I really liked XO One. I thought it was uh, visually and atmospherically, it was really compelling, and mm. I think it created a really nice feel for this little ball spaceship thing that you hurtle across space hills. Um, I think I finished the whole thing in like two sittings, but. A big part of the joy behind it for me was was exploring the planets and seeing all these ridiculously striking, well-realized alien vistas and mountain ranges for the first time. And I thought, am I really going to do enjoy doing all that when I know what's coming? And the answer is probably no, probably not. So yeah, yeah <laughs> dead, dead, dead keen on XO One. We'll probably never touch it again. I've had quite a few games like that actually, and it's often the things. Um... 
So my, my wheelhouse being infinitely replayable sort of, you know, complex system simulation games with either cities or factories or whatever, and stuff that kind of plays out the same on a macro level, but very different on a micro level each time. So I'm often, you know, because I get quite set in my ways with things like that. And so especially when I used to review games for RPS, I'd be quite often taken out of my wheelhouse and pleasantly surprised. It was quite often, yeah. uh, I don't know what the term would be, but sort of what amounts to a 2D side-scrolling platformer, um, but often, a, you know, a little bit more sort of narrative and melancholy um, rather than jumping yeah. on the heads of, of cartoon ladybirds to destroy them. Um, an example being uh, Stella, I think it was, or Stella. Yeah, so this was uh, Stella, which I remember came out in, uh, I think it was 2020. Uh, and that's Stella as in the sort of the, the, the large... Like space? Like Stella? Oh, no, not like stars, like uh, carved monuments, like obelisks, like you find in like Ethiopia. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was what the, the, the game was called. Um, and it was sort of... It was one of those games where it never really explains its story to you. There's never really any words. Uh, but you began, I remember, running across these sort of knackered wheat fields and there were a lot of beetles that overcame you. Um, and then there were sort of forests with sad skeletons trying to dig things up and you were running through an approach to like a city under siege with loads of arrows. And it never really explained it, but the atmosphere was immense. Um, mm. It didn't really come up with any sort of narrative resolution that I was satisfied with, although it felt like it was always going to. And I right. think I wouldn't play it again because I would know that it's going to pull a lost on me and not answer any of the questions that it's asked. Okay. Um, but the, the feeling of sort of this, um, you know, these almost sort of music video vignettes of, of real intensity with no story behind them and the, the feeling that it was all coming together. I remember being really excited uh, and I played that through in about five hours and I wouldn't say I was disappointed at the end, but I think, you know, the illusion that it was all just cool build up to nothing in particular uh, mm. wouldn't have worked for me a second time. Okay. But are, but are there any, can you think of any where like, you you fully enjoyed it, like you fully enjoyed a game, but you also didn't have the yeah. Inclined to, but you still weren't inclined to play it again for whatever reason. I think that'd probably be dishonoured for me, actually. Uh, okay. Which I actually played after it got talked about on the podcast loads by Alice and Matthew, and so I, I ended up playing this a couple of years ago, and uh, I loved it every bit as much as I thought I might. Um, but it's, it was a lot more, with the stealth elements uh, and with active combat, it was a lot more um, just stressful than most things I play these days. <laughs> so once it was done, even though I know there's multiple endings and a lot of different ways of playing it, it was kind of exhausting enough that I was like, cool, I think I probably will want to revisit that, but next time I'll be content to watch a YouTube long play of it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, to be... I I I really liked. Um, I think I've played Dishonored a couple of times, um, but I, I think I'm in a very similar boat with Dishonored Two. Mm. Uh, I felt I think that was more like mentally taxing. Yeah, for me, 
uh, I think like because I I always play these games like super duper stealthy, trying not to kill anyone unless they accidentally fall into a chair and die and I don't notice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I I recall that being the to to actually play that fully stealth was a bit trickier. Um, than in the first Dishonored. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I, in the moment, I I did kind of like that because it, it makes you feel you know extra <laughs> extra smart when you when you do manage to like ghost around everyone. Um, but also when I finished it, it was just kind of like, <sighs> yeah, I know that's that's the feeling, that isn't a, it? That was a that was a big thing. Gonna need some time away from that. Um, and in my, in my in my case, um, that time ended up being Infinity because I've, ne- I've never actually gone back to replay it. Same. But, at same t- but at the same time, it's a really f- bloody good game. I know it is. I just don't have <clears> the <throat> the inclination to touch it again. I think part of the problem might be investment because, like, Hitman Three is one of my. It's like a desk toy for me. I'll just go in and 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 do some blundering stealth gameplay. Um, <laughs> You know, and it's 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 infinitely replayable to me, and I have no investment in the story or in forty seven whatsoever. I think the problem with a you know, Dishonored two, certainly I know what you're talking about because I was really invested in it. I was really, you know, it's very easily to personally squeeze myself into the perspective and thus feel the sense of consequence. Yeah. Whereas hit. Hitman, he's just this bald buffoon who'll go through purgatory <laughs> whenever I fucking want him to. <laughs> uh, are there any, I mean, what for you makes, you know, uh, w- are there any sort of S- FPS or sort of, you know, intense, you know, action-y games that y- you do find yourself replaying a lot, even though, you know, they're d- designed with the big set pieces and stuff of a, of a one and done? Uh, not really, um, not really single player, like single player bits of shooters. Like obviously I've, I've, I've played stuff like Team Fortress yeah. 2 and Titanfall 2 and Apex Sessions halfway to death. Um, I've played uh, the Halo campaigns a lot. Yeah? Yeah, there's, there's something very sort of, I think because I used to have a tradition of, um, me and my friend Josh always used to buy them. And play them through on the night of launch day together. So it was, it, you know, we had a lot of good e- memories anchored on that. And so I can always replay a Halo campaign and get a vague sense of comfort from it, even if I'm just doing it on my own. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've, they've never, they've always felt like the inverse of that. Okay. Good um, helpful example of the opposite there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think I have to be honest. I, I, a lot of um, a lot, a lot of like shooter, like FPS single player games, I, I do play once and then don't go back to. But it's normally because they're just not massively compelling in the first place. Like you kind of, you know, they're, they're the kind of games where you, where you finish them and you're like, yeah, that was alright, and you don't play it again just because of pure lack of interest. Um, yeah, you you don't need to do not, that again not, in your life. Yeah, it's not it's not the same it's not the same mindset as kind of almost almost wanting um, to keep a really good singular experience singular. Actually, I mean the you know my favorite sort of single player experience probably in you know in my adult life, Horizon Zero Dawn, and that's actually been 
tricky to go. I've been trying to play it through with Tally for the second time, but it was oh, really? such a definingly brilliant experience the first time round. I keep thinking, oh, you know, I, you know, th- this isn't living up to the first playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> so I've sort of, it's been on hiatus for a bit. So it's like, oh no, this isn't. Uh, oh, that's, actually, that's actually one of the ones I, I have replayed. <clears throat> I think I've done the, yeah, I think I've done it three times on like increasingly high difficulty levels. Um, just because I just really like being in that world. It is. Uh, I, I can't believe I still haven't got around to playing the second one. But you know what? That's, if I'm honest, an extension of the thing where my original play experience of Horizon Zero Dawn was so cracking that I'm actually, I, I think, subconsciously blocking myself from playing the second. Because you're, you're worried it won't live up to it. Exactly, yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, it's like, what if, you know, you found that the dead... Dead Sea Scrolls to your PC game Bible, and it you know just turned out to be a load of chalk drawings of cock and balls. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <It's like laughs> Whenever something's added to canon uh, of something you really care about, it has the potential to shatter the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by all accounts, you know, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Two is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I've played it. Um, I, I I don't want to like prejudice your your decision making. I, I think it's like te- technically as good as the first one, but at the same time, I also yeah I I didn't get that kind of like wow um, okay f- yeah. feeling of you know going through it for the first time. I might which, just leave which I it- think which I think might be like fully impossible if you you know if you like the first one as much as you or I do. Yeah, this is the, it, the it's, it's the still really really good. Like, I definitely recommend it. Of any kind, isn't it? Like yeah. If you've actually done something that good, there is no artistically satisfying way to follow it up. <laughs> but hey, that's, a, that's it, I guess. Yeah. Um, something Let's go else. back to the, uh, the just to the Assassin's Creed thing. Have they yeah. from you know having just read your summary of the, the the story there or heard it? It sounds quite a, a bummer thing to do. Like you know, just to let you know to manage your expectations. Um, this is all you will get. But what's what's your take on it? Um, uh, I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with it. Um, I think the the impression I get from Mirage specifically is that is that it is in like has always meant well was always meant to be a smaller um, a smaller game than the previous like what Valhalla and Odyssey. Yeah, um, and and Origins maybe. Um, like the the big the one, ones where they turned it into like a big open world RPG. Yeah. Uh, this is more of a this is meant to be more of a you know, taught um like com like sneaking and combat focused, uh yeah little camp little stabby campaign. And for what um, it's worth, I think that that's great. And publishers like you know making decisions to sort of rein in the scope of their product is not yeah, well, an unhealthy thing at all well, what what's that what's that thing alice likes saying like I, I i think games should be shorter and cost less to make yeah um, yeah that 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 i i know the statement yeah yeah yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah that, that that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do i think not doing not doing dlc is also fine like i definitely don't i definitely don't think it should be the uh I guess the expectation that there will be 
years and years of DLC with every sim game that released. Some, you know, because sometimes you do, you do just want to play something once and enjoy it, but then not have to give it, you know, not have to dedicate the rest of your days to it. Um, as long as, like, as long as the, uh, as long as the first game, as long as the, you know, the main game itself is, uh, you know, complete, and is not reliant on DLC for stuff like. You know, story resolutions. Um, well, yeah, or- actually, the, the more you, you, we talk about it, the more it's quite refreshing, actually, someone saying, just so you know, when you buy this, you will be buying the entirety of it. Do not expect anything more. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually quite freeing to hear, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny, because, you know, there's always this, like, complaint of, oh, publishers, publishers are chopping up this game, they're cutting off bits to sell to you later. Well, I mean, they're not doing that here, are they? Yeah, it's... I, I forget what I was getting annoyed about yesterday. It was something in reality. Um, but it was a perfectly ordinary thing that I just wanted to purchase. And I basically had to be forced into a subscription of some kind. It was something stupid like soap or something, James. I can't remember. <laughs> like, you know, it was just an object. But I had to, like, promise, like, fealty to this object. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and it... Like, I don't know. The subscriptionification of everything uh, is is maddening, and the, you know the idea of if you think you might like something, having to make a promise to, to like it or accept that you will be paying a fee to like it for the foreseeable yeah, yeah. future. Yeah, it's um, oh, let's have it? more transactional purchases. <laughs> was it um, uh, like clothes detergent? I'm fairly sure I've seen a clothes detergent subscription recently. Oh, it it. It was that level of banal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm quite proud of my mind of having scrubbed out the actual thing so I can't accidentally promote it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you when, do you remember when Amazon came out with these like little buttons which you'd stick on your like washing machine or whatever, and you, whenever you pressed them, it automatically ordered you like a new box of detergent or a new set of... Oh, yes, like, this is before YouTube, someone YouTube explained the concept of five-year-olds to them, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, all the all the chil- all the children that would have you know just stood there mashing that button for five minutes have now moved on to microtransactions. My spending thousands of their parents' money on Fortnite dollars. <laughs> who is it? Um, I was talking to a family member the other day who just encountered the idea of microtransactions for the first time and was just quietly horrified <laughs> by the fact this has just been a normal thing for years and years. Yep. Yeah, this is this is the life we live in now. Well, oh, except except for Assassin's Creed Mirage, apparently. Yeah, well, well done, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, good, for, quite, good for you. Yeah, a good thing. Yeah, uh, something else that might influence the non-replaying of games, um, I think, is the ending. Oh, um, okay. So I I don't want to drag out discourse on The Last of Us, mm. but I did really like the ending of The Last of Us. Right. Not, necess- not necessarily the the big murder shootout that happens ten minutes before, but the like the absolute very very final moments I thought were really well done. Yeah, and I I remember thinking, like, oh, I really liked how that ended. Maybe maybe my final experience with the Last of Us should be that ending, and not say getting one third of the way into a new game plus run and then just petering out. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think that's. A new game for a, 
for a, a, a game where the narrative is worth a big piece of the pie, uh, New Game Plus and stuff doesn't really appeal to me because, yeah, the idea of doing the same thing but it now being harder kind of... Um, yeah. It kind of takes you out the fact it was a story in the first place, you know? Yeah, and, and with, like, completely out-of-whack, like, progression because you've already got all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's... That's always a little bit too much suspension of disbelief for me to handle. Yeah, um, it, it, I, I, I know, like, like you say, it's meant to be harder, but I always find it feels a bit too much like playing with cheats or something, which is like cheapens, uh, yeah, cheapens the whole experience. This is it, yeah. Sort of, however they decide to sort of incentivize a, a you know further playthrough experience, it's going to make it less real than the first or make the first one seem less real by comparison yeah it's i mean this is one reason i really love games like hades where they make multiple runs part of the narrative yeah um like i've still not quite gotten to the end of hades and i don't know how that will feel oh I, i never did either and and that's the thing i still feel like you know I wouldn't say it's a complete storytelling experience, but I really feel like I've been cited pretty hard and I've not gotten to the... I've gotten to what you think is going to be the end and then it's it's very, very not. Um, okay. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I wonder if the developers would be pleased or saddened to hear that. Like, your game is so good. <laughs> I've already... I've yeah. already... I've had my fill before getting to the end. Well, yeah, this is the thing, because it's sort of a game that is... It sort of postpones its own ending so much. Um, you know, I mean, you spend half the game hanging out with Sisyphus, for Christ's sake. <laughs> like, it feels almost perfect not to finish that game, if any. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's interesting when you think about something like that. Because th- and okay, what do you call what do you call playing it through once? Um, yeah, we need to, uh, the, the the best I can come up with is you know the one and done. Uh, phrase but if we could we could have a more formalized bit of lexicon for that yeah something something that you don't want to replay but not for bad reasons hmm. please what well, write, write in and tell us the games you'll never touch again yes please do um and we i think will go on we'll move on from talking about games we've stopped playing Two games that we are currently playing. Oh, yes. Nate, what are you currently playing? Uh, Timberborn is the, the latest egg I've cracked into my games pan. Uh, that is, I believe, was Alice talking about it last time? Uh, it's the city builder with Beavers. I, I should I should know this. Alice has discussed it's it, been, definitely. It's been so long since the last episode. And so, yeah, I know it has, right? Um, it's like we're going to cryosleep in between them at the moment because we keep having to have breaks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, this was, um, this was then subsequently recommended to me by a couple of listeners. And, yeah, I hadn't realised the amount of fluid dynamics simulation that was in it uh, certainly sets it apart. I, I'm, I've only just begun mucking around with it, um, 
but that sets it apart uh, from other city builders. So that's that's promising. Uh, other things I have played. Um, ah, what's it called? It really, this thing where the type here to search box won't display anything is really bugging me because now I can't bring up Steam. Oh, your, and win- check. your, your Windows is broken. Yeah, my went. Hang on, I'm going to open Steam manually via the desktop again. Sorry, this is some gruesome dead air here. But I think the game is called Highlanders. It is the. Uh, it's very much like RimWorld, only it's been made by uh, a historian who's obsessed with eels. Uh, okay. So it's pretty much the perfect game for me. Are eels, uh, are eels are protagonists, or no? But your your colonists eat an ungodly amount of them. <laughs> uh, it's it's really interesting, actually. It's it yeah. It's about surviving as a, a colony in the medieval highlands, and it is um, yeah. It's, it's it's pretty unflinchingly realistic, especially with regards. Uh, the consumption of eels. It's not called Highlanders. I'm very sorry. I've got Steam open now. It's called Clan Folk. Um, oh, well, there we go. And then the, the third thing, which I've only just downloaded this morning, um, but I, I read something that if current uptake is to go by, everyone on Earth will have played this game within a week, and it's Dave the Diver. I, I, I've heard of that, but I've never actually stopped to look look up what it is. Well, as I say, if statistics are anything to go by, you will have played the game statistically in the next few days. <laughs> so enjoy your sounds, ignorance while it lasts. I'm in the last like hour of time. <laughs> well, what, what, what does it entail? So from what I've heard, it involves uh, diving around. It's sort of like Stardew Valley. Um, you're diving around as a diver during the day, exploring the undersea, and you're running a sushi restaurant by night. Um but oh, that, that's all I really know. In the same way as someone about to be hit by a tsunami, only tsunami only realizes there's a lot of water coming at them. Um, <laughs> it just seems to be an, an, an ungodly amount of people have been playing and loving this game, and it was sort of not so much recommended as ordered that I play by about four different people. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just part of a statistic, James. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at it now. It does look quite wholesome. Um, Dave, it does Dave, look pretty Dave, in, Dave in particular looks like a, a pretty nice chap. This is it. He's a man you can trust. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I like the sea and all that's in it. So, easy sell. Like all I, that's I in hope it? not to come back next week and say it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> do, you really, do you really like all that's in the sea? There's no, there's no fish where you're just like, yeah, it's a bit of a dick. Oh, no, I despise many of them, but you know, in a respectful way. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself? I mean, I, what's what's been on your on your fingertips? Uh I've I've been I've been going back to the classics uh recently. So I've been playing a lot of Minecraft. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I started I started a new world um like a couple of weeks back. Uh not really building anything interesting. Um I mainly I mainly play Minecraft as like a exploration almost like walking sim uh, just wandering around appreciating the crazy extreme like good looking world generation they've got in now Um, which is like by far the most core to adventure it's ever been Um, you get some properly like massive mountain ranges and these enormous cave complexes and huge oceans now 
Oh, so is um, all the caves and cliff stuff fully implemented? Oh yeah, that was um that that that's been in for a while. Um, so what's what's the most recent thing in the game? Uh, I've not been actually I've, I've not been up to date with Minecraft for about a year. I don't well, think. in a way, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, t- to like take, you know, you d- do a world, then take take a few months off, and then when you come back, don't read the patch notes. That's my that's my number one tip to anyone who has somehow not yet heard of or gotten into Minecraft. Um, go in blind because then you'll you will see something in the distance, and you'll be like, oh, what's that? And you'll wander over, and it'll be like a really cool, like new temple design, or um, oh, if they got new structures, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I the last update was called like trails and something, or something to do with trails. Um, yeah, they they added um new like a new desert temple, I think, and um, arch like archaeology, so you can build a brush and then brush away these. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'm getting involved. Uh, and you're absolutely right, actually. It is good to jump in, because uh, I'll be excited to know nothing more than that, to be honest. Yeah, Trails and Tales is the most recent update, I believe. Um, How exciting. My, my favourite thing from that is the, is the Cherry Blossom biome. Um, what? Which, I, which, in my current world, I spawned right next to, and I was just like, what the hell? And they've got Cherry Blossoms with, with actual like falling leaves. Oh, that's it's lovely. So nice. Is there a new wood to go with it? Uh, yeah, yeah, cherry wood. Oh, man, because I love... I just love doing wooden architecture and taking ages over it. Just making, like, a nice two-story house but yeah. making it perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not... Um, you know, I, I'd never be the person who builds, like, a giant recreation of the Taj Mahal or, you know, someone's face or something like that. Um, I, I do... I, I prefer building, um, I guess, infrastructure to yeah, man. to big buildings. <laughs> like my 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 most recent project was just like building a path between two villages. I um, had a, a lovely server for a while. About it was during the lockdown, actually, um, and I just I teleported two friends like ten thousand blocks away because they wanted to find a jungle. So I did the thing where it finds the nearest jungle biome, teleported there, and said, now build a rail back. And they, <laughs> and they built a railway over the course of 10 days. It was... Like, I was just being flippant, but they just did it, and it was phenomenal. No, you're very cooperative <laughs> friends. <laughs> they, yeah, they just decided they'd make that their game. And then when they eventually showed up on a little choo-choo train, well, on a little minecart with a load of cocoa from the jungle, Aww. it was incredible. I love Minecraft, actually. I yeah, it's so it's so, it's so timeless. It's just a like, damn good thing. Yeah, lovely, lovely stuff. Oh. Um, I've also speaking speaking of rare updates. Uh, I've also been playing Team Fortress Two, which Ooh. got it, which had its first major update in nearly six years. That's historic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the main the main thing everyone seems to be including me um is interested in is there's a there's a new map um which has well it has a seal basically it has a fully fully animated and for want of a better phrase voice acted uh seal a seal as in the pinniped the aquatic mammal yes 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 um it's the the map is based on like a norwegian fishing village how the <laughs> it, how the game mode works is that um 
the the seal jumps out of a an animal control van and then starts <laughs> and it starts like bouncing its way down into the sea. Okay. Um, and your your each team's goal is to kill kill other players and then they drop buckets of fish and then you take their you take their fish and then go and pour it into the seal. Amazing. Um, and the and the team that can um get uh, you know can feed it's basically first to a hundred fish basically for each team. Please tell me it's called um, Seal the Deal. <laughs> it's unfortunately not called Seal the Deal. Oh. Uh, that would have been you know. That that would have brought the world together in joy if it had, but sadly not. <laughs> I love this game mode though. What is? Are you trying to burst the seal or entice no, it? No, you're just trying. I don't think no, because the seal goes into water. The seal goes into the water regardless. I think you're just, um, you know, making sure he or she gets well fed before they <laughs> venture out into open water. Well, I, that's the last thing I expected. You to say when you said there was a new level on Team Fortress. <laughs> well, I'd say I don't know. Like I think the the thing about Team Fortress Two is by this point that like this does not sound weird or untoward to me at all. That they'd add a, <laughs> that they'd add a mode in where you feed a seal by mur- <laughs> by murdering people. <laughs> the first update in six years. <laughs> And it's a seal feeding game. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Oh, that's tickled me. <laughs> oh, I go oh dear. Can you send me a video of this in 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 action after we've uh, after we've recorded? I I, I can do. I actually wrote an article in RPS about how much I like the seal. Oh um, yeah, send it to me. I, I yeah, that will seal the deal. Hey. There we go. Nice. Ah. Uh, Will you tell us of the machines? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell us of the machines. I'll, I'll tell you of the machines in uh, another good day to wear hard. Um, it's, a speci- it's an especially thrilling one today because I'm going to be talking about um, EU battery legislation. Hark, children, come. Hear bulletins <laughs> from the electric world. <laughs> so the, the European... The European Council of the European Union has uh, set out new regulations on the production and recycling of portable batteries, which means that all devices and appliances, uh, potentially including like new versions of the Steam Deck or the Asus ROG Ally, you know, ga- gaming hardware like that, um, those will need to have removable and replaceable batteries from 2027 onwards. Right. That's good um, news, isn't it? Yeah, I'm 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 well up for this to be honest. Um making bat making batteries easier to swap out is only a good thing for like repairability and modding and all that consumer friendly governs. Um apparently also better for the environment, which is be the main reason. Well, I guess um, battery recycling is an easier deal now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just you because you don't have to bin the whole thing, I suppose. You can just uh replace the battery. That's good. Um, Can't come soon enough. It is good. Um, now, now I'm also thinking: what other hardware uh, qualities or details should be legally enforceable? Oh, well, um, what would your choices be if you were the sheriff? <laughs> if I was the sheriff of the EU, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I think having having an LED indicator for caps lock on keyboards would be mandatory. 
Yes. I am sick to the back fucking teeth of keyboards that don't have a caps lock indicator. Are there such things still? Yeah. Well, I'm, I admit I'm one of the strange people who uses caps lock for like every single capital letter <laughs> instead of using shift. Oh, so you are using uh, so, a PC on maniac mode. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's your problem. It's one of yeah, it's just one of the, it's just one of the strange things I like presumably did once as a child and no one told me not to, so I I now just do it well into my 30s. Along with I, ho- holding ho- apparently ho- I I hold my knife and fork the wrong way around, I'm told. I've got an idea. Let's um Let's knock down the wall in between the cavern of jocularity and a good where to die hard um, and make a game where if you present me with your intractable hardware problems like that and I will come up with brand new razor sharp red hot solutions to them. For example, with your caps lock. Yeah. From now on, mandatory glowing caps lock keys that okay. glow whenever they're on. So you don't need to use up space anywhere else with the indicator. Like the caps lock key itself glows red when it's on. Like I mean, that, 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 kind of, that kind of already exists. Oh, does it? Um, okay. <laughs> you, could make, you could make it glow like four or five times as much. So it's, it's, oh, harder, yeah, if it's, it's an harder, RGB key. It's harder to miss. Yeah, because you know, if it's only... If you, if you do have a light, but it's only a it's only a little one, sometimes you can end up writing, you know, half a sentence in all caps before you realise your mistake. What about if it just makes a constant quiet cat purring sound when it's on? Because that helps if you you're vision impaired as well. Yeah. That's, and uh, if you like cats and find them relaxing. Yeah, it's not it's not grating, so it doesn't discourage you to use caps. This is it's it. Yeah, nice but you'd reminder. be aware it was there. There you okay. go. Yeah, nice one. All it right. could take you could have a nice fuzzy texture on the button as well, so it's like a little cat. Yeah, yeah. To be to be clear, these are still all being like enforced as law. Yeah, cat's by... lock is, is the law. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. How, so how about this? Um on monitors, it really it really ticks me off when all the power in display port and HDMI ports face downwards. Mm. When they should clearly face outwards, where you can actually see what you're trying to plug the cable into. So, what about what be a good way to satisfy everyone? That's a really interesting one. Okay, I reckon if you have parts of the monitor surface that actually flip up like pockets, um, and you could then have the charge ports there. You could make it look like characters in a film were smoking electronic cigars, <laughs> <laughs> or had pipes coming out their eyes like Warhammer men. <laughs> if we, you know, if we get the technology good enough, so we can have the pixels <laughs> displaying right to the edge of the slot, you know, um, obviously it means you're going to have to like watch some things in strange aspect ratio if you want a USB stick. <laughs> like coming out of Homer Simpson's mind or whatever, but it would be doable. And I think that would be more fun than it is inconvenient, surely. Yeah, I, yeah, we can we can try that. We can have cartoon cartoon face monitors. It would also be good to have like hook shaped USB sticks, I think. 
Uh, or not USB sticks, but like for all connectors to be on a right angle to the lead, rather than um, just jutting out of the end of the electric string. Sorry, my words are failing me a bit here. Uh, what? What? For what purpose? For just like um, like plugging in USB things around corners where you got tight spaces and stuff. Oh yeah. Or even having them on a little hint. No, this is 100% definitely being done. But, but I don't have the vocabulary to describe <laughs> sorted little objects at strange angles. It's making me slightly nauseous trying to explain. <laughs> it's not even interesting. We- Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, what, 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 else, what else annoys me about hardware? Um... So on, you know, you know how you know how a lot of mice let you change the the sensitivity. Yes. The 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 the, D, the DPI button. Um, sometimes that sometimes that gets put on the bottom where you can't actually like use it and the mouse at the same time. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, but we, no. but we, are, we already have a solution for that by putting the button on top. Yeah, but mine's on the top, and sometimes if I'm just, like, holding it particularly enthusiastically, I'll end up switching the rate. So what, ideally, we need the button not on the mouse at all. Mm. Um, ideally, have- what we want is a huge, aggressive sort of gear stick to use with the <laughs> left hand, which merely controls mouse sensitivity. That actually makes total sense, because mouse sensitivity, you know, it's like gears on a car. Oh, shit. That is a good idea. Yeah. So we could have, yeah, like a, a, a stick and maybe like a clutch pedal. Like, if you just put some different buttons on there as well, this might just be better than mouse and keyboard. Hmm. Huh. Almost like a flight stick. Wait a second, <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh. Now I'm just thinking about uh, someone found a photo and put it in the Discord, didn't they? Of um, the the massive mech. Oh, the game. steel steel battalion. Steel I battalion, yeah, that steel battalion. For just normal games, every game. That's the only hardware solution I'll accept. <laughs> steel battalion. <laughs> so we we've moved on from I think the last episode where we we talked about. Um, like games not having controller support, we should now mandate that all games should have big steel battalion, big, big steel battalion <laughs> control support. All software, Microsoft Word, is now controlled by Steel Battalion. Sit, sit down Oceans to play Star- are now battlefields. <laughs> sit down to play Stardew Valley. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get my gotta get my mech suit up. That'll be the best. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so with the um I guess it's tradition with the EU battery spec regulation changes um how has that worked out in the old west of our minds uh I guess it's kind of like the current the current status quo is that different um oh I don't know maybe different different bean producers yeah. Uh have different systems for opening the tin. Okay. Um 
and I don't think any of them. Oh no, actually, so the the issue some some of them just have like ring pulls or something, which is fine. Yeah. Some of them you can open with a a standard Phillips head can opener. <laughs> um, but then but then some beans require you, you can only open them by going to uh the proprietary uh you know that that bean bean brand opening, uh, oh and, open, and buying opening, an O'Shaughnessy brand station. Grosley yeah yeah or or paying for like the uh the polo shirt wearing bean <laughs> operative bean selling <laughs> operative to open it for you um i think in with with this regulation it would just mean that all all beans must be able to be must be openable uh via standard household bean opening devices i mean like that's a, actually like a can the kind opener of regulation or a rusty knife that, you know that i mean that's that's sort of brought brought civilization to um to the frontier camps didn't it that sort of that thinking you know that's how you end up standard, in the united states of america standard standardization beans a lot, lot of truth in beans analogies. Hmm. I'm, I'm glad you came up with it uh, 23 episodes ago. And that no one, oh, God, it has been a while, that, actually. And that no, one's, no one's, like, audibly complained that you've overdone the beans joke. We have kept it going for nearly 30 episodes. Let's get going. All right. We'll, 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 try and make it, we'll try and make it up to 30 without running out. Only a few more steps to stagger with our boots, Stetsons filled with beans. <laughs> uh, okay, since that was a since that was a kind of like joint hardware tower, should we should we move on to recommendations? Yeah, let's um, let's pour the rest of the beans into the boat and sail off into the sunset. What have nice. you been uh, enjoying this last week? Uh, so I've been enjoying a YouTube channel called GeoWizard, um, or perhaps the owner of the channel is the titular GeoWizard. I'm not sure, um, but it's a it's a it's a chap with a lovely West Midlands accent who does these very ambitious. I guess you call them exploration and navigation videos. Uh, that's probably not a very good description, but I'm he does intrigued. he does stuff like. Trying to walk from one side of Birmingham to the other without using any roads, so like he's only allowed to use footpaths or going through buildings or going down canal. Oh no, 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 he wasn't allowed to use canals. Um, or like you know, like d- old decrepit pathways and abandoned tunnels. Oh, um, this sounds wicked. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, another one he he's done a few of these is um trying to cross Wales in a perfectly straight line. Hmm. So, like, using using GPS to make sure he can only walk straight ahead and not deviate, you know, onto 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 paths or trails. Um, it's 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 super it's super interesting to watch. Some of it is a bit. Some of what he does is a bit illegal. Uh, I don't know what the. I love it. I don't know what the what the legal implications of recommending it on a podcast are in that sense, but um. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I I watched. I got obsessed with a man called Brave Dave, who was just <laughs> illegally hitchhiking freight trains across Canada. So, if that was fine to recommend, this definitely is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's interesting stuff, especially the more 
urban focused videos i find because he has to go through the kind of forgotten corners of cities that you don't normally see um i'm well up some birmingham content actually yeah yeah it's um well i've got real sort of like the zeal of the converted with the west midlands like i'm (laughs) I, i love being in the west midlands i go on about it all the time so watching people do west midlands stuff big thumbs up from me they're very friendly out there yeah i love it it's the yeah. best. That's my recommendation. No. It's, it's really. <laughs> I actually have a real one this week. And oh, it's yes. not the Sea Life Centre. Um, <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast, uh, Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding. Have you encountered that? I've not even heard of it. It is incredible. It is an extraordinarily funny podcast. Um, and it's also the perfect satire of the true crime genre while also being true in itself. Um, So it's uh, presented by two women who got married in 2018 and had someone shat on the floor at their wedding. (laughs) It's it's them and a friend trying forensically to figure out who did it (laughs) over the course of 20 episodes. And it is, it's so well produced. That sounds amazing. ah, It's great. I absolutely love it. Um, I've got a feeling I've heard Alice talk about this, um, but I don't think it's been a recommendation. Um, it, it certainly is now, though. Yeah, I've, I've literally only heard the first one, and about after having heard about 15 minutes of the, the eighth episode, because Ashley was listening to it, I was just like, what is this and how can I consume it? So, yeah, uh, who? Uh, just check check the name of it. It is... Who shat on the floor at my wedding? <laughs> it's yeah, really special stuff. Where 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 can one listen to it? Uh, I think all good podcast places. I've been listening to it on Spotify just because I listen to a lot on there. But yeah, it's uh, it's good. Excellent. Okay, that's that, that's two uh, very high cultured uh, recommendations from us this week. Absolutely, I'm, I'm proud of us. And, uh, Where should I'm, they go if they want more video games? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Okay, thank you, listener, for joining us in Season 2, Episode 2. No, Season 2, Episode 2? What? Season 2, Episode <laughs> 23? Uh-huh. Oh, my days. Uh, of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. Um, you, you can, in fact, find us on rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, along with a load of quality PC gaming coverage. Uh, we are also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Just search Rock, Paper, Shotgun in those places. We also have a Discord for chatting with fellow RPS readers and electronic, slash Electronic Wireless Show listeners about the site, the podcast, uh, and games in general. There'll be a link to that in the notes. Uh, we should, fingers crossed, be back next week as a full free piece, I think. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the long, the long period in the desert where we'd be meeting up in twos. And it, it's <laughs> finally. A, it's been a tumultuous time. We uh, survived. Pockets fuller than ever with beans. Yeah, which we can open with absolute bog standard household bean opening equipment. So we hope to see you then. Uh, for now, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Nate. Farewell. Bye.